Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Todd Connor. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting and Life Unscripted. We're so grateful to have you here today. How are you? Good, Christina. Great to be with you and your audience. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad we had to reschedule, but I'm so glad we got you out here today. It's been a lot of struggling businesses out there, a little worried about how they might go forward depending on what their industry is and what their field is. But you've written a fascinating new book called Third Shift Entrepreneur, Keep Your Day Job, Build Your Dream Job. And, you know, I wish I read your book, Todd, before I got started because I just left corporate America and said, I'm going to wing it. And just with very little in the bank thinking, I'm going to make this happen. And I had to go back and and get um, some full-time work and consulting work to keep my dream going. Um, but I, I think people don't realize what a great option that could be. Let's start with a little bit about your background, and then we'll go into what caused you to create and write your book. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's, um, and I have a lot to say on that topic, so we'll come back to it. But yeah, I um, have done different things in my professional life. I have an MBA. I, I was a management consultant. Uh, I did the cr- traditional career uh, kind of corporate path. And then, you know, left on, this is probably about 15 years ago and started my own business and have really kind of been on my own ever since Um, with ups and downs, as you can relate, you know, with some successes and some things that didn't quite click, um, but with some accrued kind of knowledge around that. And seven years ago, I started an organization to help other people, specifically military veterans, uh, which is something I was in the Navy previously. And so I wanted to help uh, other military veterans figure out how to start businesses if they had that dream and aspiration and, and share what I have learned along the way. And so Bunker Labs is the organization that we started uh, seven years ago. We have chapters in 35 cities across the country. We're serving about 4,000, not only military veterans, but military spouses, as well as active duty personnel that are wanting to start businesses. Um, and for the military community, it's about 25% of that, of that community that wants to start a business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Christina, what's been amazing is over the course of these last several years and seeing so many businesses, you really come to understand that there's a very different playbook available, um, for people like you and me that are going to want to start, you know, what I call regular businesses, you know, or small businesses, even, or local businesses, things that aren't going to require going to Silicon Valley things that aren't going to require, you know, venture capitalists giving us the blessing. Um, you know, it's the people that want to open up restaurants and become management consultants on their own terms or uh, hang a shingle for some sort of expertise that they've got or open up a local retail shop. So these are the kinds of businesses that we've helped over the last seven years, hundreds of them. And, we, and I've really come to see the patterns of what is it that these entrepreneurs do that is successful that allows them to actually build and start these businesses in a way that doesn't put them at personal financial risk. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that this is what a lot of people are doing. 33% of, of aspiring entrepreneurs that keep their jobs that are that stay in their jobs. They are 33% more successful than those that quit their jobs in order to start their business. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that the conversation has gotten away from us. I think people have the wrong idea as to what it is to start a business. And I'm really trying to kind of reclaim that and say to people, no, you, you can do this, but you don't have to quit your job. That's mythology that we've got to reshape. I love that you say that, Todd. Now, I'm curious, when you said 25% of the uh, military force decides that they have a, a desire to start a business, is it um, being in the military kind of 
cause you to get the inclination to think for yourself and want to go out there and be your own person, man, woman? Uh, what is your perspective? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, uh, and I should complete the thought by saying 25% want to, but only about 5% of uh, those that have served since 9-11 are, are doing it. And so we've got a gap that we're trying to address. Um, I think a lot of people join the military because they are ambitious and because they are risk takers and they want to do things that express their full potential. And I think some of that desire of why you join the military probably relates to the desire to want to be an entrepreneur. But frankly, you know, the non-military community, I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but they, there's a huge desire there to start their own business as well. So this isn't just a, a military conversation. I think yeah. the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, in 2018, pre-COVID, predicted that by the year 2025, 40% of the workforce would be identified as self-employed mm-hmm. or a contractor um, or operating in the gig economy. So, so this wave of, you know, entrepreneurship sounds like a big intimidating word, but if you just want to call it self-employment, this wave is coming, it's happening. It's being accelerated by COVID. And so I really think it matters that we all kind of learn the skill set, which is what the book is all about, of how do you keep your day job while cultivating the thing that is next, that the thing that can be your own. Um, And you don't have to create risk in my view to do it. I, I love that you say that, Todd, because uh, when I got started, I thought there was one road or the other. I didn't know you could choose to have both roads at the same time and grow one. Now, um, this happened for me once I'd been out of the job market and, and been a uh, freelance consultant. And I now decided, okay, I'm going to go out there and get a job and work under, uh, um, you know, as if someone's payroll, um, but keep my dream going. One of the biz- biggest things I got is I was going to be honest with everyone I sat down with and said, hey, this is my dream on the side, but this will no way affect me giving my all to your company because I've already done that as a freelancer. Um, but it was a stigma that I got from a lot of companies sitting down with them that they're like, well, you know, we don't know. You might be famous tomorrow and go off and do your thing. And I'm like, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah. so have you um, had that happen with people you sat down with? And how do you get past that stigma that companies might have that they don't trust that you moonlight or do your dream on the side is something they can trust? Yeah, it, this is a common problem that people kind of surface. Um and I would say a couple of things. One is I think that there's a generational attitude change that's happening where people really understand. I mean, companies understand that they can't necessarily promise, you know, you like they used to the 40 year career. And so there is the sense of, you know, sort of ethical responsibility that, you know, we want to, we, we probably have an obligation to allow you to continue to pursue things. I think um, forward looking companies actually appreciate that you have diverse interests and, and are creatively thinking about how to further catalyze your own potential. I mean, I don't view that as a, as a problem per se. And it's interesting, you know, back to the military community where I talk to four-star generals and I say to them, you know, look, if you want to retain great talent, you have to give them the space to pursue what's interesting to them on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you cannot view that as disloyalty. You've got to view it as, um, you know, creating an environment in which really ambitious talent can stay. And I think good companies understand this. Um, I was speaking with a group of young consultants at Deloitte, and uh, and I asked them, you know, hey, what is it that you do? Mm-hmm. A simple question. And I'm expecting to hear, uh, you know, I'm in tax and audit, or I, I do this sort of management consulting kind of practice, and here's my area of expertise. And many of them not only shared what they do as management consultants working for Deloitte, but they also shared the things that they were doing on the side. 
you know, I'm in tax and audit and I run a nonprofit that I started in college that's helping, you know, people, you know, access literacy. You know, I'm, I'm, I work in, you know, uh, mergers and acquisitions. Um, but I'm also starting a, uh, a yoga business helping, you know, busy professionals, you know, learn yoga. And, And it was interesting because I was almost taken aback, like, Ooh, are you allowed to say that in front of your current employer? But there were senior partners in the room and people that were like, oh, that's cool. You know, what's interesting is they found the people that had a portfolio career, as I call it, they found them more interesting. They found them more compelling. They found them, you know, as having something distinctive to bring to the firm versus the person who says, you know, this is all I think about and this is all I do. So I think the attitude is changing on this. I love that. And I'm seeing that greatly from the millennial uh, generation that they're like, I'm not going to be a one type of person that does one thing. I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm going to choose many different passions and loves and pursue them all. Maybe I'll drop some and move on to others. And it doesn't mean like my mom used to say as a kid, I played like 10 different instruments. My mom's like, just pick one. And I'm like, I liked all of them. So I didn't want to pick one. And you know, it's a different way to go about things. That's it. And, and part of this is, um, you know, if you're wanting to do something that's different from your day job, then that you do have to sort of reconcile, you know, how am I dealing with that or talking about this? And maybe the answer is you don't have to. And I talk a lot about this in the book. Um, the other thing I encourage people to do, though, is, is build a business from your place of expertise. So if you work in, let's go back to management consulting, if you're working in tax and audit, and what you really want to do is become an executive coach you know, look for opportunities to go work in HR or look for opportunities to be in a coaching role within the company. You know, people often think that if they want to start a business that it's like, I've got to leave whatever I'm doing behind. Mm -hmm. And my argument is bring whatever you're doing with you, you know, create the internship for yourself from your place of work and construct your environment, uh, even your day job in such a way that you are accruing the knowledge, expertise, networks, to build whatever it is that you ultimately want to launch in your own terms. That's a great point. I, I, one thing I was concerning for me going back to working um, as full-time employee was the idea that I would lose my job and not have time for it, not have time mm-hmm. to build my dream. And I quickly found that, you know, you get very resourceful when you have to. Like if I'm working a 40-plus maybe 50 plus hour week, whereas before I'm completely uh, devoted to my dream. Well, I was devoted to my dream, but I also had very little money in the bank to make my dream possible. Now Mm -hmm. I had less time, but more money. So I just had to be creative how I used my time and my money and actually got um, a lot more creative on how I got things done quicker. Yeah, I think that's a great and important point, Christina, which is we have latitude to negotiate for ourselves, you know, and it's interesting because I think employers, in some cases, especially coming out of COVID, are, are hesitant to make kind of full-time W-2 fully burdened salary offers. And if you are willing to come into a work environment and say, look, I'm going to give you a third of my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and frankly, I, I want you to charge, I'm going to charge you what would otherwise be 50% salary. That could be a great deal for you. and could be a great deal for the employer. We said, look, I'm going to give you the good stuff. I'm going to give you 20 hours a week, um, but I want I want time. I want some time back. Um, but you'll have, you know, as as the employer, flexibility. You you can put me on a contract status, and and so I think these kinds of creative arrangements um, are increasingly available. Um, I think we have to kind of assume that we're operating in a place where you just can't assume that you have, you know, security for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. And so those that are willing to sort of uh, be ambitious. Uh, express what it is that they want, 
go add value to not just one employer, but maybe a couple and begin to kind of orient your life towards building your own thing is, you know, there's a, there's a way to do this. And I've seen it done. And, and that's really why I wrote the book is because I wanted to codify this path and this, this yeah. process. And it's interesting. One of my uh, longtime bosses was the one that gave me the idea to start my business. And he said, you know, I think you should pull this into a business. You would be great at it, whatever. And it was interesting because he said to me early on, if you want to do this, ask the present company I was at. He said, why don't you just tell them I want to trade my my the, the money I'm making for hours, more hours. Mm. He said, you can do that. You know, people think they only can negotiate money, but you can negotiate time. You can say, listen, I bring me to a part time status, but pay me this. And then, you know, um, you know, put me more on, a, as you said, contract level. And it could actually work out for both of you because I don't know if this is true or not, but I'd heard that majority of full time workers aren't working full time in their job. A yeah. majority of them are coming in. I got eight hours to kill here. I got set amount of work. And after you get good at it, you're kind of not using all your time. So how about we start shifting the way employers look at their employees and say, okay, why don't we just base this on the value you're giving and the results and pay you for that and give you the time? Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and now that we're, most of us are working from home, many of us are working from home. Um, you know, there's increasing, you know, uh, flexibility that we can uh, take for ourselves in terms of how we construct our days and those eight hours and where, where those hours show up. And, uh, and I really do think that those that are willing to focus on the time that they have, focus on uh, cultivating whatever's next, doing it at the same time that you have the now, um, I, I think that that's the path forward for a lot of people. And really, you know, the heart of my work uh, from Bunker Labs and the national organization that, you know, we've scaled and the people that we've helped, it's really about fulfillment. You know, if you're, if you're sitting um, marking time, um, that's, uh, that to me is unacceptable. We need your talent. We need your passion. And, and everyone deserves to go to work and feel fulfilled through the work that they're doing because life is short and we need everyone's creative contributions. And so that's why I feel such a, an urgency around uh, this conversation. Well, I'm so glad you wrote the third shift entrepreneur because there is the way to have your dream. And if need be, you can keep that day job and still build your dream. I, I'm a perfect example of it. I'm doing it right now. And I've found a wonderful employer who has just that. I sat down with them, told them what I was looking for, and they were really happy to have me on their team, seeing what other gifts I could bring to the table besides the one I, I showed up for for that particular interview. So there are those employers out there. And uh, right now, I think it behooves everyone to open up and broaden because after COVID, things are changing. And this can be good for everyone, actually. It could be a great opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's my hope is that people begin to take you know take advantage of the opportunity that you have right now. Uh, don't let this crisis go to waste. And if you have a dream for something that it is that you want to do, um, you know, read the book and follow the strategies. And I'd love to stay in touch if people are out there starting things while keeping their day job. I'd love to hear uh, the strategies for how it works because, you know, almost everyone I talk to, Christina, like you, says one of two things. Either I wish I had known about this approach and, you know, and kind of like, why didn't I think about just the idea of keeping my job? You know, it's like that starting is not the same as quitting. Quitting is quitting. But starting is different and starting can happen before you quit and starting should happen before you quit. So people either say, I wish I'd known about it, or they say, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually what I did. Um, but it felt taboo or it felt exceptional. And it turns out it's not exceptional. This is, yeah. in fact, how most people are starting businesses. And frankly, the ones that are doing it are having more success. So we've got to 
uh, preach this uh, as, as a methodology and a way of living that, that works for people. And particularly people that can't afford to, you know, quit their jobs and cash in their savings accounts, you know, which is frankly the vast majority of us, right? That's, that's the most of us that are out there doing this, cannot afford to, you know, uh, take out big loans and we don't need to. Yeah. And as you said, Todd, if you're in a position, use where you are to build your network. When I uh, left corporate and was sitting at home trying to build my network, I first started with the people I used to work with, but they weren't in the industry I was going into or starting. So it left me kind of rebuilding when, why not, as you said, start with a company where you can use your gifts, your talents and incorporate your dream where you give to them and you're able to build your network at the same time. That's exactly it. And I talk about this in the book is building your internship, which is how do you, and then, and then creating the space, but how do you put yourself in proximity to the people, the customers, the networks that you're going to need to start the thing that you're starting? And there's really, there's really uh, simple ways to get after that, including volunteering, including changing your career to be closer to that thing, including just networking. Um, but getting close to uh, the people that can make our business happen, making known what we think are the unknowns, taking out the risk. And really what we're talking about here is, is only starting once you've answered all the questions. You know, the point at which you actually quit your job is the point at which there's money coming in, that the business is already working. So you don't have this fear. It's not a risky proposition. It's, um, it's a path that has been revealed through, you know, through the work and the strategies that you've employed. Yeah, it's fabulous. Where does everyone go get a copy of your book today? Where do they do that? You can get it on uh, Amazon and anywhere books are sold. It's uh, published by Wiley. And um, uh, again, we've got a podcast. There's other content. If you go to thirdshiftentrepreneur.com, um, you can see lots of uh, weekly interviews with entrepreneurs that are doing this as third shift entrepreneurs or starting businesses. So there's a lot of inspiration there. There's more content. There's a podcast. Uh, and then get the book. And then I'd love to hear from people too, as they use the canvas and the book and the strategies, uh, how the results yield for them. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for sharing your great wisdom today. I'm hoping this will inspire many who haven't started their dream to get out there and do it today. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, Christina. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.